0: Are you thinking about leaving your toxic person or the person in your life that has been awful, maybe narcissistic, but you're not really sure what are the steps that I need to work on? What are the steps that I need to prepare in order to leave that relationship? You see, sometimes you're having to worry about an abusive relationship. You're having to worry about a ton of different things that really make you wonder is it going to be safe? What's going to happen? I want to talk to you today about a couple things to consider before leaving that narcissistic, toxic, whatever it might be, leaving that relationship. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen, we've been going through the book, uh, The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall. It's been an excellent uh, resource and guide for a lot of different things. And we're going to highlight a couple different topics that I want to talk to you about and go over about the idea of what you need to consider before you leave that toxic person. I'm going to show you a little bit here. It says in the book that we've discussed narcissistic partner slash spouse that they're controlling, hyper-defensive, unforgiving, often spiteful, and vindicative. Rejection is painful for all of us, but for the narcissist, it's a searing injury that is likely to elicit harsh backlash. You may get lucky and have a relatively smooth breakup, but you should assume you won't and plan accordingly. Careful preparation is especially important if you're married or if you have kids together. Here's the steps to take before discussing separation or divorce with your partners this is like a pre-checklist before you take off on that road of getting away from that person so listen carefully number one consider your partner's past behavior look at your partner's history to predict likely reactions now think about how your partner has reacted before to previous rejections breakups and or feelings of being mistreated by you or others Is he or she the type to shrink away, to lash out, to conduct a smear campaign, or grab all your assets? Do not make the mistake of assuming you'll be the exception or that your partner will honor your history together in any way. Oftentimes, people need to consider the fallout. Whenever I'm talking with people on one-on-one or we're building an exit strategy, sometimes I'm asking, like, hey, like, have they have they been like vindicative before to you? Have they been um attacking other people before, like if they get hurt or if they get rejected? Like what does that actually look like? And the thing is, you know the partner better than anyone else can tell you. So you have to be able to look at it and be like, I don't feel safe because they've done this. I don't feel safe because of how they've acted towards me in the past, of what they've done to their friends, of how they've interacted with their family, whatever it might be. So you have to take a quick look at that and say, what have they done in the past whenever they've had this type of rejection or somebody in one sense betraying them, that type of idea? How have they processed that? Because that can be really crucial and really important for you to be able to see this is how they might actually process this to you. So please be careful that number two says resist backsliding. Okay, it says mentally prepare yourself for the possibility that your partner will attempt to convince you to stay through desperate pleas, promises of reform, threats, guilt trips or other forms of manipulation. Coach yourself in advance for these situations and have rehearsed responses that you can use under pressure and self-doubt. You may want to write down all your reasons for leaving and have the list to remind yourself and or share your situation with a friend who can support you by being a voice of reason when you need it. Oftentimes, making sure that you have preparations happening before you go into this is super crucial and super key. I talked to someone, I think it was about a month ago now, that I talked to someone and we were working on building their exit strategy. And they had to build and script out exactly what they were going to say because they knew everything that the toxic person was going to throw back at them. They knew how they were going to respond. They knew how they were going to react. They knew how they were going to guilt trip them and try to get them back to a place where they would cave. Oftentimes, they even knew that, hey, once I say this and this, like they're going to start crying. They're going to start doing this because they already knew the manipulation tactics. When you go into these type of things, you have to know, hey, everything is going to get thrown at me and I need to be careful of that. And I need to stay resolved of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to protect myself because otherwise, this person is typically going to try to twist my words, change the concept, gaslight the situation, future fake the future response so that everything will be okay and so they'll keep you on tap. So please be careful of that number one, consider your partner's past behavior. Number two, resist backsliding. Number three, control your assets. Your partner may attempt to seize or even destroy your things or things you share, including money, belongings, property, investments, animal companions, and the kids. Make sure you know what you have together and where it is such as bank accounts, credit cards, and take steps to secure and protect what is yours. Don't underestimate your narcissistic partner's potential for ruthless self-interest and retaliatory harm. This is so crucial and slow true because people don't realize how vindictive a lot of times a narcissist can get with everything. Now, there's several of you watching this that have already know firsthand financial abuse of how the narcissist is literally limiting everything you have. So for you, it's like you can't even find the financial assets because you don't even have access to them. With those, you might have to get creative with a PayPal account, with something on the side that you're starting to do to be able to make money, to be able to get income or just be able to get out of the relationship however you need to and then make it up from there. With narcissists, there is oftentimes huge financial ruin and financial stuff, so you need to make sure that whatever things you have together and separate, you know about as best you can. Oftentimes, they will use anything and everything. Did you notice it said, like, belongings, property, but then it also said the kids? The kids can be a huge leverage point that the narcissist will bring back to you to try to guilt trip you to stay, to try to leverage them against you. And over and over, you'll see narcissists that don't care at all about their kids, but care about trying to look right, but care about trying to look like the loving dad or the doting wife, whatever it might be. They want the kids, not because they're excited about the kids or they love the kids, they want the kids oftentimes to hurt you. So please be careful of that. Number four, choose an attorney who knows narcissism. It's crucial to find an attorney who understands the narcissistic personality and has experience handling high-conflict divorce. A lawyer who is unaware of the realities of NPD is apt to make strategic mistakes that can have disastrous consequences for you and your kids. Such a lawyer may misinterpret or fail to recognize your partner's manipulations out of ignorance, perhaps even judge and undermine you. These days, there are more and more lawyers familiar with narcissism and how to manage it it in court consult with them before hiring to make sure that they really do understand NPD and narcissistic divorce issues relevant to you, such as child custody and parental alienation. And this is really crucial. It's hard. I mean, it says there's more now, but it still is hard to be able to find a lawyer's attorneys that understand all of this, that really truly get what narcissism is and how it affects. I think they're seeing more and more of it today because it's, prevalent in our culture. Everybody's like, why do we see narcissism so much? Well, it's because our culture as a whole, our family structure as a whole is greatly disintegrating and is falling apart. So we're not having those things built into society how they used to be. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see more and more attorneys over time that are going to deal with these cases more. The very least high conflict divorce coaches, um, high conflict divorce attorneys, like find the people that are going to help support you in this process. Number five, It says, avoid narcissistic attorneys. When looking for legal representation, also keep in mind that lawyers, too, can be narcissistic or have full-blown NPD, and that the profession often attracts and rewards such personalities. Pay attention to red flags, such as poor listening, bragging, and grand promises. Be skeptical of lawyers who spend more time billing you than working on your behalf. Narcissists are everywhere. They're not just in the home, they're not just in relationships, they're in the workplace, they're in the regular job functions, they're in all different types of medical fields, of service fields, of you name it. There's narcissists everywhere. And so it's crucial to be key of who you're actually trusting with your information, of who you're actually trusting with helping you move from one step to the next. So please be careful of that. Number six, it says document abuse. Document agreements you made with your partner, your correspondences, and evidence of your partner's abuse. Take screenshots, photos, save texts and messages, and tell trusted family or friends about abusive incidences so that you have evidence to use in court and or with the police if you need it. Now, a couple things here. If you're dealing with domestic abuse and you're getting physically abused, please report that. Please put that in because there's so many people that their, their testimony gets discounted in the court system later on down the road because they never reported it or they reported it and when the police showed up, they're like, oh, never mind. like it wasn't that big a deal. Please, please report it because it needs to be tracked. It needs to be documented so that these things can hold up in court. It also talks about documenting like agreements and correspondence. It's really, it's really important to make sure that you're doing that, even if you're, having, like, even if you're going through a custody case and a custody battle. Make sure that you're documenting everything. It is so crucial. It is so key. The people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis and that I've talked to with a couple of different people going through child support, child custody, all these different type of cases, they get to the place and they're like, what helped me the most was literally documenting everything. So you need to get really crucial, really key on documenting every single aspect that you have to be able to help you, to be able to help your kids getting through that situation going through it, you can end up using a third party app or as the divorce finalizes or whatever it needs to be. And you can use the third party app. So you have to communicate through something else. There's several really good apps out there and I'll have to share about those on another time. But if you guys want to talk more sometime, you can grab me at rawmotivations.com. Click one-on-ones, join some of our weekly lives. We'll be here on YouTube on Wednesday nights, typically from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time and also Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern time as well. Thanks so much.